This episode of the CZ Media Podcast is brought to you by Rancho Bravo Tacos. They have two convenient locations, Capitol Hill and Wallingford. I love going to Capitol Hill. I'll go order my food, whether it be tacos, burritos, or tamal. I love their tamales. They're fantastic. And then I'll go sit on the patio, enjoy my meal, and then wait for something interesting to happen. And given that it's Capitol Hill, something interesting always happens. If you don't have time to go to either location, you can always order through your favorite food ordering app, Uber Eats, Caviar, or Chow Now. They make it really easy to get all of your favorite items. So next time you're craving some delicious Mexican food, stop in or order. You'll be glad you did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the CZ Media Podcast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the last show. On my last show, I had on, he's he's a inductee into the New York State Boxing Hall of Fame. His name is Rick Glazer. We spoke for about an hour, and he's, a, he's basically a matchmaker bro, broker extraordinaire, has worked with tons of champions, and uh, is uh, works with all the promotions right now. You don't like boxing, do you? I don't dislike it. <laughs> that's a lie. I dislike it. <laughs> I love all combat sports. I know you do. And so that's great. You're going to follow him with a little delicate flower like me. <laughs> <laughs> so his uh, the show that I, you know, I felt, um, I felt ill prepared, even though I did prepare to speak to him. Like I went to his website, got information about his history and what he does. But as we were speaking, I felt ill-prepared because his boxing knowledge is light years ahead of mine. So there were some questions where I felt he might have thought were dumb. And then, um, and then when I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't really have a really good, intelligent boxing conversation, I sort of deviated into um, asking about his other interests. And he was into mortar racing, so we spoke a little bit about mortar racing. And then as we were talking about that, um, I got this idea. I was like, this dude has been around for over 30 years in boxing, uh, was really close with Don King during the later part of his career. He must have some awesome memorabilia. And, oh, yeah. you know, just in yeah. looking at my office, like, I love collecting. So I asked him, I said, I said, you know, I, you know, I, I said what I just said, um, what's your coolest piece of memorabilia? And he says, nothing. I have nothing. He doesn't keep anything. 
He gives curious. it everything that someone's every item that a fighter or a manager or a promoter has that they've given him. He donates to a charity. That's to awesome. be to be auctioned off. And I was like, wow, I was like, that is pretty fantastic. He, he wouldn't even tell me the cool stuff that he's had. <laughs> like he just did. That was not in his uh, brain space at all. Of He speaks for himself. He doesn't need things for yeah, you to notice around. Yeah. Him to he, make him he said yeah. he had one funny story of Don King sending him as a joke, a autographed headshot of himself, Don King. And then the he Don King just wrote to my best bud, Rick love don or something like that but it was he said that it was a joke because don king owed him money for some reason or <laughs> paid him for something <laughs> like paid him for i'm assuming for brokering a fight so he sent the he sent the check and this headshot sort of as a as a as a goof and then rick gave it away to uh to a charity that was doing an auction and his funny story was the guy who bought it ended up asking him on multiple times to send him a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> and then Rick's like, this guy expects me to f- get an official certificate. He's like, I don't, I don't like, I just donated this picture. Why are you asking me for this? But it sort of makes sense. If the guy at some point felt he wanted to f- sell it, to sell this autographed picture of Don King. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So then was, you would need yeah. like the, the stuff that, that, uh, shadow box that I have with Triple G's shorts, and that comes with the letter of authenticity. And I think my Mike Tyson glove comes with the letter of authenticity as well. But everything else is like I've just met the people. So there's. Yeah, well, yeah, interesting. Like he doesn't trust that it was a direct. Yeah. Direct gift. I didn't get this so I could then sell it off. Right. Yeah. So he's. Uh, so. so you said it got embarrassing last time. You didn't end it the way we did, ended our last podcast, where you told me how to throw a punch. <laughs> no, because no. that would have been dumb. <laughs> no, I just felt that with boxing gloves on. Let's yeah. be clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just felt that I, I was, I mean, I thought for a long time of some interesting questions, and I don't interview. Is first of all, like I don't, I don't want to interview. I just want to have a chat, but I do want to have topics. Um, and I had I went back and I listened to some of the news interviews that he's done because he's been in media all over and it it <laughs> it just didn't work. <laughs> You'll hear Guy start his story 22 minutes in. <laughs> We're so only tell six me what, minutes in. Tell me what topics you've outlined for today. Oh, I didn't do any for today. <laughs> You're not worried. You, you, I, I'm pretty confident that you have them all. I've got them all there locked go. away, ready to open. Yeah. Well, anyway, I should stop saying that as well, too. I try to stop saying that. So thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and uh, all the places. S- Spotify. Yeah, all the places. Um, and then follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but today I have my buddy Guy. Hey, Guy. Hey. You may remember Guy from an earlier show. I think you were. Let's see. I don't remember which show you were, but uh, right we now were a few you're, months into it, so maybe over just over a year ago. Right now we're on show seventy three. This right now is show seventy three. Um, you were on show. I want to say like you were in the twenties. I'm looking right now. Did you feel contractually obligated to do that one with me? 
<laughs> Let's see. Where uh, if I had a producer, he would look at all this. Yeah, this I think where he's going with this is. Uh, well, no, I want to see how oh, many I've okay. done since then. Oh, yeah, because I was on still. a I was on a big time roll. Again, twenty two minutes is when you can expect to. Hey, we don't have a time limit on this show. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can have as much time as you want, but yeah, I, have I will to have to tell y'all if you do follow him. Uh, what is the ninety day fiance show? Yeah, I didn't realize they did shows about that, and oh, I yeah. see this poster of him and his wife with 90 Day Fiance on there, and I thought, is this a strange way to announce they split up? <laughs> no. <laughs> we love that show. Uh, yeah, you were in the 20s. Um, so the, the the podcast you're referring to is, we called it the Reality Happy Hour. So you can go to realityhappyhour.com. That's our other, sh- that's the show that I do with my wife. And we love, uh, we love 90, 90- do you watch that show? I do not. Oh, you need to watch it, it's hilarious. Nope, nope. It's good. No, I feel sorry for all those people. Yeah, but yeah, but you can laugh at them. No, it's, that's where I feel sorry because I want to laugh at them, and I think, oh, yeah, laugh this at is, them. That's a dark spot in you that needs to see people. Ah, oh, they deserve it. <laughs> see, there you go. You think they deserve it? Yeah, they're a bunch of idiots. I, I sometimes you have to protect people who are idiots. Ah, uh, but you're not protecting them by not watching. Am I? You, should, oh, you I mean, sorry. They've done it. They've done it to themselves. <laughs> Still, here we go. December 13th. You were show 13. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Because we'd only been into a couple of months. Yeah. yeah. That's 60 awesome. shows. Oh, I'll see how much you've improved since then. No, not much. I don't think. It's uh, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I it, it's uh, it's interesting looking at people who have done a four hour radio show for every day, you know, every weekday for 30 years. That is that is a lot to do. I think about that. I think, how do they so easily ebb and flow with what they clearly have an outline for, but then it just you know, it has and to And there's wander. so many. Oh. And, then, and then, you just, then you have to divide the people that have full, uh, like a cast. So, for example, like Howard Stern, where he has Robin and Fred and Gary and then three or four interns. So juggling all of these people. And then you have the uh, the pundits, the dudes who have... You know, the radio shows like here local. One of my favorite ones is Michael Medved, and he's been doing a four hour radio show every day for, yeah, for 30 years. And it's just him talking. It's he occasionally he interacts with his producer, but it's just him talking. Well, so unlike this. Yeah. With you. (laughs) (laughs) Just me talking. I've tried. I'm just background. I've tried to do a show where I just speak. It's just me talking about something, and I don't like it. You need the you need the interaction. I need to interrupt. Yeah. You need to interrupt. Yeah, I know that. And uh, I need to interrupt, and the 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 back and forth is is way is nice. Triggers it for it's you to just, be able to. Yeah, it's, I it just can't be me. I well, agree. We had fun. As everyone knows, we're in super crazy world land, super crazy land. And the last time we spoke to Guy. I believe you had just taken ownership of the restaurant of Correct. That's Amore Italian Cafe. Yep. So my husband and I bought That's Amore Italian Cafe 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 <laughs> uh, here in Seattle. It happens to be so close to Carlos that he can hear us walking when we're in there. <laughs> That's right. Um, we had just bought it two months before. Yeah. I'd been a server there for five years before that, but talk about having your entire world flipped on its head. So you've so that was in 2018. I mean, 
restaurant ownership is super difficult. So you're in this, you're trying to, you know, you don't want to make too many changes because of the existing, cli- right. the existing, the We inherited base. an audience, yeah. right? And you don't go changing all the cast of characters and change <clears throat> the show. But you're getting in there and you're, you know, trying to make it your own and trying to make sure that you know how everything works. And because I'm sure that there's a thousand things that happen in a restaurant you cannot that, imagine that you seriously and predict. in fact when we spoke last time here on the show uh every morning i woke up crying at 5 30 <laughs> because i'd had this monster dream where there's this monster behind me saying this is how much you don't know yeah <laughs> so since that time over that year since then i've gotten better at it actually. oh yeah yeah because you've rose yeah. to the task and you love it and it's i do love it i love that place your passion yeah yeah. And then you're getting comfortable, you're working, you have, I mean, I'm sure that there was tons of frustrations and things didn't go right yet at first, and you work through them, you see improvements and improvements. We made it through our second winter season, yeah. which can be difficult, which was, but we made it through it. Yeah, which was crazy because stuff was shut down for a while during the last winter, wasn't it? No, Not winter this winter, before. the winter before. The before, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so this, this previous winter, like, we made it through just fine yeah and i had worried about that since the previous winter when we had that two weeks yeah Yeah. so i mean thinking back how stressful was it for you for business to have been affected for it was what was it two weeks it was two weeks Yeah. it was two weeks like can you go back and remember your stress level at that point um uh i I can still feel that stress level (laughs) thanks thanks for bringing that up um and it was interesting because uh, the city was shutting down. Buses were not running. Yeah, um, we're at the top of a hill, right? So people aren't just going to wander their wander their way up. Right. And we decided uh, that first night that the city was shutting down. That we're a neighborhood place. People may could lose power, or they just need to get out of their house to go somewhere. Yeah. And uh, so David and I and one of our servers and one person in the kitchen, we opened that place every night, even right. though it took. Uh, trekking around uh, in my little car to pick some folks up and take the long way up here so we didn't slide. Yeah. Um, and we did it every night. And sometimes we were about half full. A couple of times we were almost completely full. Yeah. And people would ask, can we just come in and sit for a while? Absolutely you can. Nice. Right? And and we became kind of a, a gathering place when no other businesses were open up here right. for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, it was dead. And, you know, and it gets tiring, right? Like at first it's a game. And then, <laughs> and then I'd call the server the next night and go, get up, come on, <laughs> let's play again. <laughs> so it was that way for a while, for two weeks. But then now fast forward, not too much longer. <laughs> a year later. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 10 times, 100 times worse. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, what uh, initially... Initially, what were you thinking? Like, what was going on initially in in your head? I know it's super, it was super hard. To, well, even now, it's hard to plan for it because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. Even now, like how we how we return how we I'm not going to say return how we move into the next phase of our lives and literally we're doing phases here. Mm-hmm. Um, it changes every day. We thought two days ago we'd be able to use uh, uh, glossy menus as long as we sanitize them, but then two days ago they backed that up and said no they do have to be single use so yeah uh that oh I early on that. yes <clears throat> so early on uh, i had just returned from three weeks in texas with a family deal uh i returned that next saturday night is by the time we're starting to hear about these things and mm-hmm. maybe we should be careful with folks and our dining room was completely full yeah and i actually looked across it and thought 
I don't want to be some kind of epicenter for this thing where we start tracing and congratulations, <laughs> your restaurant is responsible for half your neighborhood. Um, <laughs> Can you and, uh, think that way though? Absolutely. Yes. I, yeah. I sat there and I thought that way and I accidentally mouthed some of that out loud with someone standing next to me and they said, you're crazy. Don't worry about it. Yeah. 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 I, but I wanted to be, I wanted to do the right thing. And if that meant turning some people away because we were trying to keep some distance between them, yeah, that's what it meant. And, you know, business consultants would say that's a terrible thing to think. Exactly. Right? You <laughs> I have, would say that. You've thrown everything out the window and somehow gained a yeah. heart, and we need to break that open. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but at the same time, being a conscientious business owner, you sometimes you have to make tough decisions just because they, they're the correct the thing right to thing do. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. I, one of our favorite uh, winemakers in, the Seattle, in, in Seattle here, he was very similar to what you did and to what you did where he, when he realized that, okay, this is a big thing, he just shut his tasting room. Like whale uh, before they actually, dem- uh, they mandated right, it. Right. And he said the exact same thing. He said, I just don't want to be responsible for b- someone getting sick here. Exactly. And he just couldn't, he couldn't like, deal with it. So he just, he, he shut it down. Like if I feel bad <laughs> for people on 90 day fiance, I'm not going to invite <laughs> them all to my restaurant because they deserve what happens to them. Right. So I didn't want to bring in the lambs for slaughter by eating yeah. in our place. Oh, but they're, they ask for it though. <laughs> well, the 90 day fiance <laughs> oh people. Okay. Anyway. Uh, they so that did. was the week before they closed restaurants down. And I'm only one glass of wine in. And <laughs> I'm, I'm a, Oh wait, sorry. I'm going to fade away for a moment. We're drinking here. We are drinking. I, I'm right hand pouring. You lost your touch from being a server. I'm a lefty. I don't pour with my right hand. Uh, thank you. Okay. Um, we are drinking. I want to mention it because it's cool. We are drinking an Arnaise. Arnaise. I had never heard of an Arnaise. Mm. And uh, one of my distributors came in and gave me just a hint that I should look it up. So this is a, uh, the RNAs is a grape that's grown around the more expensive and desired Nebbiolo grapes. Mm. And what they do is literally plant these on the outside of the more, uh, the more uh, appropriate soil for, for a winery. They put it around the perimeter, and that's, they act as decoy grapes. Ah. So for not people scavengers, but animal <laughs> scavengers, they get nice and full from these decoy grapes and yeah. don't make it into the more expensive product. They've been doing that so long that these grapes, their vines became very hardy because they had to live in less than optimal conditions. Yeah. And then when they started tasting it and trying things with it, they found it's this very complex white, its own pl- yeah. flavor profile. Like you, you can't compare it really to anything. Oh, it's very good. And then I happened to notice Seattle Refined called it one of the world's weirdest wines. And I told myself, I would rather have an interesting wine list yeah. than an it's expensive It's not sweet. Wine. Not it's sweet? Very, it's no. very... Uh, but I wouldn't call it dry either. No, it's, going, it dry? it's it, no, not really. It's more medium, I think. Yeah, yeah. For about a year and a half now, I've been anti-white. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I've been anti-white wine. <clears throat> anti-white wine. I have not liked any white wine. Like when we go to uh, when we go to our tastings, I just skip. skip I just skip them all. Well and then, tell me what you think of this. No, it's, I, that's what I say. It's good because uh, it's yeah, it's not sweet. It's it's and it's hearty, refreshing. right? Like it's, it's yeah, yeah. It, it has a nice uh, like I'm getting an apple. I'm getting like a like a apple, uh, like a crisp apple. 
what what are those uh, green ones that like Granny Smith? Uh, That's a little too no, dark. No, no. The the they're tougher than uh, Granny Smith. The golden, no. not golden delicious. Well, anyways, like that's what I get at this nice, good, good, nice crisp apple. That's that's what I get at least. So here's so. here's one uh, well known secret at our restaurant is uh, my taste buds are not spectacular, and so it's very hard for me to pick out tasting notes. Mm. And so the reason I have an interesting wine list is because I can bore you to death with <laughs> everything about the wine, but not actually what you're going to experience with the wine. Yeah. And then I've just won your heart over by the time I finish my story. Well, there you like, go. Yeah, I'll try that. And so far, everyone has loved this one. <laughs> so I'm really glad I added it. So now I'm thinking, yeah, we have a short wine do list. You, maybe. Do you charge a fee for that? For, for the, the storytelling? For the boring storytelling. <laughs> well, but you, you said bore you to death. So you, I will you... bore you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you just buy it so I'll get away from the table so you can enjoy your food. <laughs> you know, and what be... we do in the shadows, there's the energy vi- vampires yeah. that get their energy from boring people to right. death. And yeah, that's me. <laughs> That should be a fee. You, you should charge for that. Well, right. So, you know, back to. There is a fee. I sell them wine at a very high market. <laughs> Not as high as it used to be, though. We have taken on the the uh, model of we need to be closer to a grocery store price because times are going to be tough and yeah. we're all going to be going through it. And I don't want people to think they cannot come to their favorite place anymore because of the price. Yeah. So I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but I've already lowered all of our prices. Right now, wine is 30% off that lower price. So you can explore wines you're not familiar yeah. with, right? And you have a, well, give, you do the, well, you you source these, I, correct? I do, yes. I'm Which responsible for the wine. It's kind of interesting that you just right? said that your tasting ability isn't fantastic. <laughs> but you've done a great job because I don't, I've, every glass that I've had at your place um, or bottle that we've gotten has been great, has good, been really good. good. I moneyball our wine, basically, right? Like I do stats and I do this and I come up with all these kind of matrixes and you know do you follow got, the chalkboard. Which apps all the way. do you use? Uh, the one that's in my head and Excel. There you go. Yeah, I said Excel. That's not right. I use Apple Numbers. Come on, man. Um, but yeah, I, I will just do everything except for taste it, and then in the, at the end of the process, I'll come up with if I have two or three options, I'll then have people that I trust taste it and tell me what they think, mm. and that's how we do it. How come I haven't done been uh, one of these members? <laughs> anyway, so when it first started, <laughs> I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know you're good at it. Um, notice how he didn't say any bottle I've bought up there. It's any bottle he's had. <laughs> well, that means I tease you. purchase. I tease you. Okay, so back to where we were in the story. Yeah. Um, we're it's starting to get more noticeable. We are receiving some uh, advice to do things like stay away. From, you know, don't yeah. be crowded around with other people. Um, we're just getting into uh, uh, the spring season, um, and I, David and I sat down one night and we said, "Let's go ahead and start forcing blank spots between tables, and then we'll see what comes next." Yeah, that'll show something that we've, we've we're paying attention. We're doing something. Uh, the next weekend is when Jay Inslee shut the restaurants down, and we are so thankful he did it that early, or we would be in the news. You know, it was one of those hot spots that just never got control of it. Right. Yeah. Well, we were the we were the first reporting. We case. were the first, and then we were the first hardest hit. But then we we pounced it. We yeah. yeah. It, other states took over and said, "Hold my beer." Not just that. I mean, we actually did squelch it quite a bit. Like mm. we were the model, um, and so it, there was no question when the dining room shut down. There was no question that, of course, we were going to follow that edict. Yeah. And just like with the pr- previous winter, what can we do? 
Sure. We could lay down and go crazy and have to close the restaurant after just a year and a half of having it. Um, or we could do everything we could think of and be crazy. And then at the end, the worst thing that could happen is we lost the restaurant. Right. I mean, ultimately. Right. Yeah. But you have to have gone through. It, ca it can't just be. All right. We closed. Boom. Lost the restaurant. It has yep. to be. We have to follow these rules, and then we try this, 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 and then right. we try this. Well, we knew immediately. We'd already started curbside service mm -hmm. uh, two weeks before. Yeah. Um, just as another idea of, look what we're doing to you know, show that we care about you. We don't want you to come to this place and something bad happen to you. Um, so we'd already started that. And so the night he closed the dining rooms down, we uh, had a family dinner the next night. And I told everyone that we would be running a skeleton staff. We would continue to do pickup orders using curbside service. We're very fortunate that there's a church right across the street from us with a parking lot. Mm. And so instead of our curbside service being, we'll go out in the street and find you, we tell them to pull into that, that parking right. lot because we're in good with God. <laughs> and uh, we walk the food across there and find yeah. you that way. And we, you open a door, open the window, something, so we can put the food in the car for you. No contact service whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so we said, Let's, we're going to try that. Uh, we went down to uh, David and I being in the dining room, taking the orders and walking food. And two guys in the kitchen, and that was it. And we had employed uh, 13 people before that. So we obviously were, number one, making a pact with each other that working in a very small space, uh, we would have to consider that and then having contact, even though not direct touch-to-touch, -touch, but just seeing a lot of different people yeah. every night, we were possibly inviting in. True. Right? I mean, that beer was on its way to our hands, and, <clears throat> right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So we ran, we ran uh, on that model for the first couple of weeks, and just as they had done before when we, when we were purchasing the restaurant, this neighborhood came out in droves for right. us. We had a Friday night that was a better than our regular Friday night, just um, early April. Like Our neighborhood supported us once again. They continue to. Perfect. Um, so we, we realized that we could either do well enough or at least tread some water. Um, but it was tiring. We were doing it seven nights a week four of us. So we decided for a little while we would close two nights a week. Uh, but we just knew that wasn't the right thing for this restaurant, which has always been seven nights. Right. So we did settle on one evening. We're closed on Tuesdays. Uh, and then I need a sip. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's these, as, as you were saying that. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I'm going to, now I got it back. Okay. So we had this family dinner and we said, we don't know how this is going to go. But we know there can be this many of us doing this job. I want as many of us to stay as possible. But we may have to come up with, with some weird solutions. Yeah, I may have to make concessions. And, right, right. And we sat down over this big meal and talked it through. And, uh, and in the end, we came up with part of the answer, and the employees came out with the bigger part of the answer, which was, sure, we didn't need five servers. But we didn't need to also lose another person in the kitchen if those two servers were willing to work in the kitchen twice a week. And so that's what they decided to do. Uh, I went heads down on getting uh, funding. I applied for every grant, every loan, uh, every day there were new opportunities you know, right. coming out and people would text me and ping, ping us on Facebook saying, have you heard of this one? There's right. the Facebook one and this one. And here's the uh, office of economic development just everywhere. And I think it helped me to be heads down on something defined like that, as opposed to standing in the restaurant sure. all day and, and mostly even <clears throat> just wondering and worrying. Well, doing, being proactive, right? Doing, well, doing p proactive, even if I thought, even if none of this comes through, it will have kept me from swirling yeah. into, into nothingness. 
Um, so we, we, we sustained that model uh, for several weeks, and May 6th, uh, our PPP loan came through. Perfect. You cannot oh. imagine getting to call <laughs> people that had been off work, and many of them, for some reason, unemployment hadn't kicked in yet. You know, like the whole world was starting to, to go right. on unemployment. To make that call to say, I'm going to have you come back tomorrow, and here's what we're going to do. So then we have too many people working for a smaller level of business. Yeah. Right? There doesn't need to be 10 of us working for half the amount of food we normally do, and it's all just walk away with it. Yeah. Um, so we, we uh, worked with a, a, a financial counselor with the SBA, and we figured out that the way the loan would work is you should make as much as you did before the, the virus. And the way they calculate it is you took your average payroll from 2019 – and then they added 25% of that. and the, Sorry, they doubled to your average payroll. So basically, they were giving you uh, eight weeks worth of payroll plus 25% over that. Okay. So our highest payroll uh, average, it was with 14 employees. And so here comes this huge loan yeah. with too much money for us to be able to use up to have it forgiven. Right. Uh, so we brought all these people back, but the answer is you don't make tips. <laughs> no. You just get to make as much money as you used to. Yeah. And it was really hard to change my thinking of you don't want as few people as there as possible. You want as many people there as possible. Okay. Um, so at that point, we all got to make the same amount of income we had the previous year. Um, servers make their salary or their wages plus tips. It just doesn't come in that form. Sure. Right. Uh, so that was a huge relief to us. Uh, we had also received the $10,000 advance from the SBA, which I think if you just applied for an SBA loan, they just gave you that 10000 completely forgivable. And David decided that we should not just paint the dining room, which we were taking advantage of the time to paint. Yeah. He said, we should do anything we want to do in the next five years in this dining room right now. Right, exactly. And my first thought was, no, we need to look really poor. <laughs> right? Like, I want people to come by and see us struggling, <laughs> not not <laughs> so that they, not installing so. new equipment, right? I want them to come in and eat, not think, well, they're okay. We'll support somebody else. Uh, but then I realized he was, he was correct. We'd have to shut down to do major renovations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so we went all for it. We have new floor, new paint jobs, new equipment. The dining room's been rearranged. Uh, it's it just like it's an going to be an entirely new experience. It looks great so far. Thank you. And Thank there's, you. I mean, it, I mean, it's still under construction, but it looks fantastic. Um, as you're going through, as you were saying all of those things, I keep on thinking about how early on, when there, like the first, like literally, literally the first two or three weekends that were bad, bad weekend, and this was even before they shut it all down. It was just. Yeah, people were already being aware of people were being aware and they're not going of how many businesses, how many restaurants shut down within those first three weekends yes, yes. of of bad of because they had two weekends that were bad, they just couldn't they couldn't and these were well established, well known. <clears throat> right. Uh, I mean a lot of them were in like Belt that I at least that I heard were in Belltown and then downtown and that is a little bit different because they totally do depend on that tourist downtown foot traffic. Sure, sure. But these, but are, at the same these time, are really smart people. Yeah. <laughs> right? So they know to shut their doors completely and never come back again. Yeah. Why are we playing this game every night? <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe so, maybe no. And um, it's, uh, you know, going back, to, going back to that, if some businesses are run, which is basically paycheck to paycheck, right? Weekend to weekend. Like there had their the, the 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 restaurants that were able to withstand those first three weeks and then still 
operate up until you were able to get these loans. It's like there's like six, seven weeks in between then. Yes. Maybe eight weeks. It's like that is that's a long these time. business yes. owners deserve some some major credit and more uh, more attention because you know i you know as i'm involved with uh, some of my clients you know one a couple of them just couldn't make it because they were just too small but another ones they were like you know what let's do this let's do this and they were able to adjust pivot adjust pivot adjust and not just say okay there's too much work right and i right. think a lot more attention needs to be paid to that well, and but again, like these were well-established places, right? Yeah. And I, I would then start attending online seminars or read articles that told specific stories. And I didn't realize even well-known big restaurant groups here in town, they only had enough cash for two months, and that was it. Mm. Right. And, of course, everyone thought, oh, it's just for a couple of weeks. We'll just you know, yeah. slide through. Um, but, yeah, so they restaurants own, you know, they run a very thin margin. Oh, yeah. And just a year and a half before that, we had $12 in our checking account. <laughs> So we had no <laughs> no margin to play with. <laughs> uh, so you say like pivot change, pivot change. We just spun and threw out <laughs> things every once in a while. <laughs> well, while still doing things that will keep the ball rolling. Well, yes. I mean, even I mean we could spinning not, is better than yes. Yeah, spinning it does help you uh, not focus and on one thing too much. Which during all that uh, process of getting as much funding as possible, that's the only thing I did all yeah. the time. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to see how businesses have been able to react and adjust to what's been going on. And and actually, normally I really, really dislike the Seattle City Council. I think they're all a bunch of nitnicks. But a good thing that they did was change. I don't know if they full on changed the law, but they changed the policy of open containers because a lot of yes. these places – you know, the, you know, we had a friend of the show, Sean, from Cure Cocktail. He that's the main thing of his business. They have charcuterie, but then like they have, you know, nice custom cocktails that they do as well. Sure, sure. Yeah. And yeah. then th being able to make a cocktail and then have right. it be delivered. So if you're not from Seattle or aren't familiar, <clears throat> the uh, the uh, statewide liquor board voted in that restaurants that typically could not sell alcohol to go could do so as long as it was not opened. Yeah. Now, typically, if you go to a restaurant, buy a bottle of wine, you don't have to finish it, but we have to recork it. Yeah. And you'd have the occasional person walk in and say, I'm only here to buy that bottle of wine. We'd open it, close it, sell it to them. They could walk out with it. So the change was that, yes, we could sell unopened right. containers, and then restaurants that have cocktails could sell cocktail kits. Yeah. Right? That did make a huge difference. It, yeah. It really, and it gave them really cool marketing opportunities. And uh, they've done some great, they've done some great uh, promotion since then. And actually, I blame the city council because I blame the city council for almost anything. But liquor board probably got. I will choose to believe that they <laughs> were prompted by the council to act oh, I'm in this way. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> uh, as opposed to what you actually think in your heart, they do represent us. <laughs> we put them there to yeah. act in our best interest, and they really pulled through on that one. Bunch of yahoos. Um, but you're right. So then, they, when I when I saw that they were doing that, I thought, how is that going to happen? Because I was like, is, does that mean? Because it said unopened container. So then I thought, is this a way that the government is going to then make businesses buy 
these sealing machines. Like I was thinking of oh. one of those machines where they like for for uh, boba tea. You know how there's a plastic cup and then the 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 plastic film on top and then it gets sealed. So in essence, that's a sealed oh, container. You're thinking it would require an yeah, investment from us. Exactly. To be able to I produce, thought they're yeah. gonna make businesses buy these no. machines that are gonna seal. But then when I re- read that you can just be a mason jar that's that's right. open or like what Cure is doing, where they just sell you the that they make the mixers separately and then they just sell right. Like you it's a, like a, a take home assembly kit. Yeah. Right. And then you just get a sealed. Basically, a brand new bottle of rum. Because typically, the, the the way the regulation used to read is, if you, they are taking a wine away from our restaurant, it needs to be quote difficult to get into. Yeah, meaning you can't just go to the car and start drinking. <laughs> and then I thought, then I thought, were they worried that these, uh, you know, Postmates and Uber Eat drivers and all of these delivery people were going to just start opening these bottles and like apparently they already eat some of the food why not have something to drink with do they them? have you heard that <laughs> i've heard that have i think they? that's urban legend oh that's I've, luckily ridiculous. i've never had that happen I, yeah I, I mean but pizza guys i guess they there's always those stories of a you know a piece missing or or I, something that's so but hard to I've believe never. right like how it's not like no one will notice your crime <laughs> It's literally staring them in the face. Yeah, I've never experienced that. I haven't either. But no, it's um, cool that it's cool that they they did loosen it up so that they yes, yes, so they and that made a huge difference for us. Our wine sales actually went up as a percentage of total sales. So while our total sales were down, and the first couple of months we were down about thirty five percent, the wine hey, that's um, that's huge. That's too much. So total, you were down thirty. Total sales were down thirty five percent by the end of of uh, april sorry so yeah it was just a month in we were already down 30 percent. okay but if i went when i added wine back in and daytime drinking was the order of the day for everybody <laughs> yeah. uh it went up to about 27 percent of sales <laughs> nice awesome right <laughs> and you know what i had to do with that wine put it take it out of a box put it in your hand Right. <laughs> right. Very low overhead to, yeah. to sell those. I didn't even have to wine. put it on the wine rack. I just yeah. kept the cases open near me. <laughs> Pulled them out. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's awesome. So did you do any custom quarantine menus or full menus? No, we decided early on that we would keep our entire menu because we started watching for other restaurants leads. Right, like, what can we learn from them? And every one of them that had reduced their menu to specific items yeah. were saying they weren't getting the business that they expected to who used to buy those oh, staples. Yeah. Um, we couldn't get fresh seafood in for sure, so we took our scallops off the menu. But every other item, we, we've since had to make some adjustments. Sure. But basically our full menu is available, and that is a huge selling point. Yeah. The number of people who say, oh, well, let me go look at it and yeah. see what else I want. Uh, but we're so neighborhood-based as well that we do have those staples that people buy every time they come in, and they're, they're doing that. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it seems like that was the, the right decision to make. For us, right to have full menu, and we still have no, that's full fantastic. menu available to stay. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, especially because the, you know, since kids are it's takeout isn't just takeout now. Takeout is family takeout. So given that kids haven't been to school for a long time, and mom and dad are, you know, pulling their hair out because they're working from home and they're having right. to watch their kids. It's like who wants to cook. Who wants to cook in this uh, in the, an environment uh, that like even, that? Yes, yes. So we decided we would try lunch. Yeah. Uh, the restaurant tried lunch about 10 years ago. just never really panned out. But now here's this captive audience, literally captive audience, 
right near us all day long. Ready to eat. Ready to eat and ready to get those kids out of the house long enough for them to walk over to the restaurant, <laughs> grab some food, and walk back. <laughs> we tried lunch for a total of a month. We tried it in two-week spurts. Yeah. Twice we've tried it for two weeks, and we sold maybe one pizza every other day. Oh. So here was this idea of, of yeah, we're going to take advantage of this new audience we have during the day, and everybody needs to eat, and they don't want to cook during the day, right? They're not going to cook yeah. their lunch. Let's have some pizzas and salads available. I wonder what people were doing then. I don't know, but it kind of followed suit. The whole time we've had this restaurant, every time, every time that we try something that obviously should work, it never does. And so we have learned hmm. to accept who we are. We know who we are. We know who our guests are. Yeah. And that lunch is not their thing. You know, I think people were probably just cooking themselves because they were doing runs on grocery stores. So the, I mean, even early on when I would go to Safeway or QF, well, uh, Safeway, there was a sign on the pork, like on, on, on pork ribs saying you can only buy one. Yeah, like yeah, were, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, they there were limiting what people could buy. So maybe they were just. I can't imagine cooking, cooking a full meal for lunch. I just can't quite see that if you're also working mm. from home and you're taking care of the kid. All that, yeah. all those things seems like. Or people want. don't eat lunch. They eat. They drink coffee. They're, yeah, and, they're just used to having something. And then the dinner. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, we just really thought that was going to be yeah. a new form of business for us. That right. was our model. We were going to turn into a true cafe that had fast, come grab it lunches. Yeah. Nope. I've been. Watching a lot of Gordon Ramsay's uh, Rush, what is it? Kitchen Nightmares. Why do you do this? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty hilarious. But one of the first things that he <laughs> again, you find it hilarious. I find it heartbreaking. <laughs> is, well, it, I mean, people are lazy. First of all, that's what it just shows. Like it's human nature. It's like you have to be you 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 have to be on the ball if. Uh, if you will, I've, I mean, I've, I've had my experience of working in kitchens and the head chef or the, the, the kitchen manager had to be on everyone all the time to make sure that they were doing what they were supposed to labeling and cleaning and, and everything. And they if that's also, lacked, we also find <clears throat> that there's a certain personality type that takes that role because that's what they need. That's their inner monster to feed is yeah. tell everybody what to do every well, moment. If they don't, if if the situ, if the environment is if that person doesn't do it, it doesn't get done. Then it just has to be that way. It just has to be, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I I just I don't I'm not sure why where that cult of personality came through, other than people who watch shows like you do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's okay to be on ride someone's ass about something they already did and they already did it well, mm. right? Like you can't constantly be on to people. I've had someone say. If you work in a kitchen and you're not afraid for your job, you're not doing it right. Mm. No, no, I can't live that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's this idea, <clears throat> right, of I always want to try and be better. You should always be looking for if there's the next step in your life is there. You don't want to not be ready to take it. But you don't live in fear every moment that you might. Today might be the day that because of the chef's attitude, you lose your job. Right. The only possible, the only thing that I would r respond to that is saying yeah. that it would depend on who that chef was. Like if it was this Michelin star guy, then his sous chef and his kitchen probably are hyper alert every single dinner service. But if you're in one of these places that Gordon Ramsay's is visiting that are on the, I mean, they're they're on the cusp of shutting down anyway, then eh. You need to lead by example, right? Then the, if that chef doesn't have 
if they're not setting a, an example, if they're not a role model. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. The chef has to overperform. <laughs> yeah. But you don't then assume that everyone else is underperforming. No. Right? You have to give people credit. Yeah, there has to be harmony, of course. There does have to be some harmony, especially yeah. in a small space like ours. But And, and we've been very fortunate you know, we don't have, we're too small to have one of those. Yeah. In-house. There's this, <laughs> I'm going to suggest something else for you to watch that I've been watching. <clears throat> I think GQ, <laughs> is it GQ? GQ has this YouTube series on uh, YouTube called The Breakdown, where they have hunters, like real hunters that comment on hunting scenes in movies and TV shows. And they have real race car drivers that comment on, car chases in movies and in TV shows. But they also have, they have chefs. chefs. Oh my god. They have chefs. <laughs> <laughs> they have chefs that comment on, you know, cooking movies and cooking scenes. And it's it's interesting to see. It's interesting to see like the <clears throat> like the one that sticks out in my head is and we see this on almost every movie or scene about a chef where the chef will or the cook or the sous chef or whatever will take a spoon, taste it. You know, just take the spoon and sure, taste yeah. it. And then, uh, and a lot of the times you don't see where that spoon goes next. But Back there's the same condition. But yeah, but there's a scene in the, it's, I think it's called the, 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 the movie where Bradley Cooper is the chef. Yeah, chef. Is it called Chef? Yeah. No, that's the one with John Favreau. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh. one's called Burnt, maybe? Burnt is correct. Yeah, yes. I think it's called <gasps> Burnt. I'm sorry, Bradley. You know I'm obsessed with you. I did not make that mistake. I am also obsessed with Bradley Cooper. <laughs> you got a little bromance going. Yeah. But there's a scene in that movie where the his sous chef is tasting it, and then the spoon goes right back into right the back same container. Right back into it, yes. Right back into the same container, and then the chef's he's like, stop. Stop the scene. <laughs> it's like, if I saw that in my kitchen, there would be major trouble. Well, anyways, if you want to, I'll send you links of these because they're pretty entertaining. <clears throat> There's biologists that uh, comment on the animal scenes in a bunch of movies. They're so funny, and they. Pick I think all, it would be very clever. I really think it would all be, different yeah. kinds of movies. Like with this biology guy, they took scenes from uh, Ace Ventura. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that so they realize these movies are caricatures yeah. of, the, of their life. Yeah, chefs yeah. don't have that kind of sense of humor. <laughs> So they did not see it as <laughs> he was more the one of the more serious people, right? He was yeah. one of the, the you know, and I cannot even imagine what it takes to be a successful chef. I really can't. It's I hard. Know, I know I don't have it, and so I'm willing to learn about the more about how to feed the chef. Yeah, and that is a major part of my job is feeding the chef. What can I do to distract him from what's got him hung up right now? What can I do? to keep him going because we're ahead of the right direction. Yeah. Probably get, it's, it's this constant monitoring of them and helping them get around or through something yeah. that's Well, you have to facilitate them. him doing his thing. Yes, exactly. And my, that's my job. Yeah. Since I don't cook. What's your, what's your chef's name? Asmar. Asmar. And your sous chef? Uh, it's Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Okay, so Asmar is head chef now. Asmar is head chef now. Awesome. Um, and... And what we found, and what they pretty quickly... Do you remember Better Off Ted? Short-lived no. series with uh, Jay Harrington. Yes, Jay, I'm obsessed with you as well. <laughs> He's on SWAT now. Um, they had these two scientists that worked together in the lab, and neither of them was the boss of the other. Okay. But they had to figure out how to work with each other. Sure. Be, uh, so 
facility. So that's how they do it. So that's how these guys do they it. They share yes. responsibility. Um, Asmar has cooked in that restaurant for almost 16 years. Wow. He can make every dish perfectly every time. Um, he, that's what you want? That's what I want, right? Consistency. Yeah, especially being a neighborhood place, it better be exactly like the last time I had it. Yeah. Taylor is incredibly driven to raise his skills, skill level in the kitchen. Mm. He is constantly reading a really thick book. He has the bread Bible. He's been working on our bread now for six months. Ooh. And every few weeks, he says, this is slightly different. What do you think? And it's better. Right? <laughs> now, I don't have time for my chef to find to go six months to decide, yeah, that's the bread. Right? <laughs> well, it's side projects, baby, but for production now. Right, right. So <laughs> so we have, we've, we've, we've discovered this really cool balance of Taylor will say, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's right. try this. And Asmar will solidify it. There you go. Well, I mean, it has to keep evolving, right? You have to, you even though you're not uh, changing the classics, but there has to be new. You have to introduce new things. Yes, yes, yes. And then try them. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It doesn't and work. then you just. Yeah. And I like right a... now, I can change our entire menu tonight, and you would never, you know, it wouldn't affect you because you only see it online. You only see these other places, and we don't have to. We're not stuck in this. We have to wait until this event to be able to make a change. Yeah. We make changes every day now. Yeah. I had a, and it's so funny, and I've I've brought this up a few times. In, in conversation where I had a sales director who Heinz, well, at the time, no one liked, no one liked this guy. And he had, cause he was kind of douchey, but he had these things that were my five rules for success. And then he used his name. <clears throat> and the first rule was um, know your territory. So every time I would hear that, the music man, little number at the beginning would come into my brain. <laughs> you have to know what I'm talking about. I do, but I'm not going to expose my musicalness <laughs> on this podcast. Could you, could you sing it? No. I will not. I will not. Well, it's hilarious. Let's I love get back that. to how, what a great leader I am. Um. <laughs> no, but you, you are. You're doing it. So that was his first thing. And then the second rule was imp, uh, create a plan. And then the third rule was implement a plan and... Uh, I mean, create create the plan, then implement the plan. Like if your hair is on fire, and then the other one was if it doesn't work, create a new plan and implement that. Like <laughs> your hair on fire. <laughs> it's like that's the so that's sort of the beauty, right? Of not of uh, of small business where you don't have it's not this huge this huge corporation. Never with, call me not huge. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're you're this you're we're you're, nimble. You're nimble. We can, you, we're pretty nimble, even though we had, like I said, we inherited this audience who've been eating there for almost 20 years at that time. We couldn't change the cast characters and the plot. Right. Right. Like they needed to come back and feel comfortable yeah, and if, know that we had. If they came back and it was this. Right, right. German. Yes, exactly. French fusion. <laughs> we took the menu. Uh, I will say we took the menu after we took over. We made it more Italian. There you go. There was so much more Italian language on our menu and the guests would stumble over it. Uh, you know, try to guess at things, and you never want a guest to feel like they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, Grigliata de Melanzane. Mm, we all know we're talking about grilled eggplant. Why are we not saying grilled eggplant? <laughs> right. And so, <laughs> so you do get to you do get to change. Yeah. Along well, the way. you're making it your own at that point. We are making it our own. It's yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's you're making it your own, and then. Uh, but that nimbleness has really come into play now. Right. Right. We have to react every week to what's going on. 
this week? What are the new regulations? What is this? What yeah. are people starting to do now that they weren't before? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's incredibly fluid right now. Yeah. But our goal is when the time comes and the dining room is open again, you return to that same place that now looks a lot better <laughs> uh, and have your favorite dish yeah. that you've been waiting all these yeah, months it's, to it's, enjoy. I mean, it, even even now, and you're, you're, like I said, it's still under, it's still being worked on, but it's brighter. It's, uh, it, I can envision it being looking more wide open. It looks much more wide open. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, this place had a lot of character like you could find the notch in the wall from your first day yeah. 15 years ago kind of thing <laughs> uh, and we had some equi- some furniture in there that literally closed the space in right uh, and so yes but once we started thinking about things we could change we realized we could change everything yeah right the might food, as well might as well the food's going to be exactly what they're expecting yeah. but there can be a better experience sitting there and after having already been there now seven years for myself i would have things called out to me like you know that that shiffer robe or that uh, shelving unit with the doors that did, didn't come with that you created to somehow close them in. Yeah. It's ugly. That <laughs> thing is ugly. Why is it still here? Oh yeah. What? Thankfully David builds everything. He knows, is, he just knows how to build man. anything. So he's built new shelving units. We got rid of a huge fridge that literally would drown out your conversation. It was <laughs> sitting a, next to you. We've recorded a video on there, and it was a little loud. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to unplug. We even have to unplug it if we're having like a wedding or a, a <clears throat> rehearsal dinner, and somebody wants to speak to the to the table. We have to turn you have to the say, fridge excuse off. Excuse me. Yes. I have to unplug my refrigerator. Yeah. Exactly. And it was big and black, and and we it was kind of almost. I think we convinced ourselves it was charming, uh, but. Charming. No, yeah, no, that's. So it's. I've had things. I've had to have people point out to me what's not charming. (laughs) And uh, my wine stories are still charming. I will say. (laughs) Um, In fact, we put a post on the other day. uh, So one of the items that lacks in this restaurant were uh, is the technology. We barely had an electronic POS, Mm. uh, and we did not have online ordering. We realized very early on that that's your lifeblood. Yeah. Um, so we discussed online ordering, delivery services, all these things. We did not do delivery, which many people told us we were stupid for not doing. Yeah. Uh, but we realized our audience lives within a mile of the place, and they want to get out of their house. Yeah. And right, they want to. So you don't do delivery. We do not do delivery. We uh, did you try? So did you say, I'm sorry, you did try it. We, no, we we discussed it. So there are three restaurants here within a block of us, and it used to be for years and years and years we were the only restaurant. Uh, but now there are three of us, and the three owners got together and said, what do we think about delivery, right? Is it worth getting a service? Is it worth us trying our own where we combine forces for it? Uh, and we all three decided that, no, we would just see how to-goes go. And what told us that we made the right decision is I rarely have someone call asking if we deliver. Mm. So clearly there was no demand for it. Delivery services are expensive. They're a little yeah. wonky. They take up to like 30%. Up to 30%. Which, yeah. I mean, they take it, but then that means you jack up your price by 30 uh, yeah, this is not the right time to be jacking up your prices on anything. <laughs> yeah. And didn't DoorDash get in trouble for price gouging on top of yes, everything that's yeah, been going yeah, on? They got in. Yeah. <clears throat> they got so into delivery services trouble. were just not for us, and they're not for this neighborhood. I don't think. Yeah. So, um, but we did have to upgrade our POS just to get online ordering. We, we did, uh, and that was a huge, 
huge event for us. Again, I was saying we need to look poor, and yet here we are <laughs> upgrading <laughs> things. But it was it was no, it just saves you time. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's going to be it, it'll pay off. That will pay for itself. Oh, it already has. Yeah. It really already has. Like the third night, we had that available. More than half our sales came through the online ordering system, mm. awesome. which was, which was relief for me because I answered that phone twenty four hours a day. We're very uh, we're very uh, comfortable. We're a very uh, familiar restaurant. Whereas you can call any time, and I answer that phone. Yeah. Now I answer the phone anytime plus the four hours we're in service, and I take every order over the yeah. phone. So that having that uh, distribute elsewhere, oh, yeah. was incredibly Saves relieving up. for me. I wasn't on point every moment. On the yeah. Phone no, right. that's awesome to see the businesses that are taking this time to, to in and um, do these improvements, because uh, it's just going to pay off. It's just going to pay off more in the future. Right. It's not like a temporary fix that you then have to shelve. Yeah. This will continue. And, and it'll keep going. Um, what do you, like, right now, so right now you're doing construction and you're doing all, is, is what's your next thing? Like, are, are you planning, <clears throat> what would you say is your next um, innovation that you're planning? Uh, so we're thinking about self-service kiosks as well. Um, we're a, a small 50-seat restaurant. Now that we're in phase two, we can have 24 seats, mm. but they are spread out. And number, the number one thing that I've held as a, as a guiding principle is I will not have empty tables sitting there. So it will not be here, right this way. No, not that one. No, not that one. Right. That one. So we will only have four to five tables in the dining room. Hmm. So we were thinking about we should try the kiosk function now that we're not in the, under the stay-at-home order. People can come to the restaurant to get their food. Uh, and so, but it'll take extra space for someone to be able to be there and stand and get, you know, take care of themselves at the self-service kiosk. Uh, but we're going to try that. Okay. We think. We think we're going to try that um, to see if that's uh, another option that we have not offered before, right? Like you walk in, you've already placed your order, tap the terminal. Oh, here I am. Here's your order out. So, yeah. All I mean, right. Which, you know, it kind of takes us away from that. Being in the restaurant is half our experience. It absolutely is. We have amazing food that is matched by this spectacular view of downtown Seattle across Rainier Valley. We can see Puget Sound. Our service is is a professional yet very comfortable. Mm. And so we've always prided ourselves. We have these three things, this view, this service, and this food. Right now it's only food <laughs> that's carrying us. And the food alone is enough. We have reviews coming out now that say, this is the place to go to for your takeout. Fantastic. And for us previously, takeout was the occasional, occasional distraction, right during service. So we're gonna go ahead and see if we need to build on that even more with these self-service kiosks. Okay. Um, now, would if if you weren't under construction, you could have twenty-five percent occupancy now. Uh, can't now fifty percent as of last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you could have. We you, could. You yeah. Right. Opened. Yeah. We could. Now, number one, I I'm still having that moral discussion in my head about yeah. just because i can have it should i right like is it really time to have all those people in the small dining room even if they're six feet yeah um and again i i i want to stay in business i want to give uh, a way for people to have our food i just don't want to make a jump that because it will make more money we can fill all 24 of those seats and have them closer together and we'll make more money and that's what a business needs to do mm. we're still thinking about what's the best thing for our guests yeah you know i still have not gone my wife went to a bar last weekend. Yeah, we have not. We haven't been anywhere. Not necessarily just because I think it's unsafe, but because what we do 
is seen by other people. Yeah. So if I were to be seen at a march or at a bar or anywhere else where people aren't practicing against, you know, like I'm not going to that guy's restaurant. Right. Like why? He's yeah. Why would you trust me? Right. Right. Um, and so we we feel like we're on all the time. Yeah. And we want the number one the number one thing I want when people are allowed to go through that door again is they can see everything we've done to make sure that what they're coming in for is that great food they've always had and they don't have to worry about did we shortcut did we do something less than spectacular yeah well no you're you're taking it seriously and you're ensuring that you're taking the proper steps to ensure peace of mind yes yes we want you to walk in and feel completely comfortable yeah not to be concerned that you know when this whole thing first started um the the for about six weeks in a row i went to my local fish shop (laughs) about twice a week because as you can see i've gone fish crazy there's a fish this is like all these fish are new and then i bought another fish tank and then i filled them with fish so i've been buying plants and everything so i for the first few weeks i would go to they never shut down the fish the the they're a pet store basically but just for fish they never shut down and then uh, a few weeks in petco stopped selling live animals and would only sell supplies and then and then they shut down even more and were only doing curbside service so you people just couldn't go and and lollygag and wander around but my fish shop in lake city was still open that's kind of weird to me like i don't fully understand it because it's not like they were only selling food for fish because obviously you got to feed your fish. But I, you could go and buy everything that was in there. It wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't limited. Uh, I found yeah. that really interesting. It is, and I, I don't think it's nefarious, right? But there seemed to be a lack of, of a situational awareness, maybe. It's, and then every time I would go in there, there would be at least five, six people in there. And it's not a huge space, right? Right. So I mean, I would do. I would. What I've learned, uh, a habit that I've done now is I put my hands in my pockets. So as soon as, uh, as soon as I'm hand, anywhere, you put I, your hands out the front of your pants. Yeah, I put there. my hands inside my pants <laughs> to avoid me touching my, you know, mm. me t- touching my face. So I just. Put I my, am terrible about that. I discovered I have terrible <laughs> face touching habits. Yeah. I mean, like, how could you not want to touch this all the time? This you know, I've, beauty. I've done this a couple of times and had to hold myself back as I outstretch my hand. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, like all kinds of habits that we yeah. have have come it's to the so front. funny yeah. it's so funny hearing the hearing uh health officials give press conferences and saying avoid touching your mouth and your eyes and they touch their they put their fingertip on their tongue to turn the page off of their, <laughs> off of their speech have you right. seen those no i haven't noticed there's that, a bunch of them yeah. There's a bunch of those <laughs> where they're saying don't touch your eyes, and then the very next thing they're they're yeah, rubbing their right. eyes. Yeah. It's just I mean I mean you, David, people aren't going to stop. Doing David that. loves the show Cougar Town. In fact, we just watched the entire series again. <laughs> I was sleeping through most of it, but I acted like I was watching it. And one one of the one of the uh, episodes was they were all trying to break some habit they have, and one yeah. of the characters would put his hands down his pants. And it was just amazing that he constantly found his hands down his pants and was like unaware in the front, of it. Like oh, scratching yeah, right? his balls. Yeah, right. Yeah. Full junk grab. Huh. Yeah. Well, you That's know, a you weird see, habit to you have. You see, you know, think in your mind the white trash image of someone sitting on their couch and the men always have their wife beat her shirt uh, the on. the Al Bundy? And the, yes, and the hands down the pants. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
I mean, if you got a scratch. my face is my hands down my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be more socially acceptable. Now it's not. <laughs> yeah. I bite my fingernails. Well, I, well. Oh, anyone listening to this knows that I'm a fingernail biter. Yeah. Yes. I came out of the womb biting my nails out of anxiety. and I go, I have my moments where I go a couple months without biting them and they get really long. And then I look like a mountain man or a feral. Tell me you quit it before they're yellow. Yeah. Okay. No, they were nice. No, they were. But nice. then I would bite them all. Like I would have a nail biting marathon. That's how right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during these last few months, yeah. uh, the number of times we've been sitting on the couch in the living room late at night, and uh, David will say, "Stop, stop what?" Yeah. Well, so far you've had like three three of your fingers in your mouth. <laughs> you've been biting your nails the last twenty minutes. What a wife does is we sit next to each other on the couch, and she sees me. She'll just fling her arm over and slap me, and she'll say. She'll say stop. But then 10 minutes later, I'll it's see right. her. Oh. And then I tell her to stop. And then Hypocrite. she's like, it's just, it, it's my nails broken. Like she was, that's what girls say. Like my nails broken. I just have to get rid of this broken nail. It's like, um, it's, it's you too. Okay. I want to get back. I want to go to our next phase. Okay. Uh, tell story us. Because our PPP loan ends on uh, the last paycheck for that will be July 3rd. Yeah. So again, we brought everyone back we could. Those, if we didn't have everyone come back, which we did have a couple of instances of folks saying they would take their chances on unemployment, yeah, uh, we had to make up that payroll by distributing it to us again. So we've actually been making a little bump up from what we used to make mm. to satisfy the loan. Now, just what was two weeks ago, they did extend it. Now you can use it through December. Well, oh. thank you for telling me that six weeks into my eight-week splurge of throwing as much money out as possible. Because uh, you would have I was saved some of it, right? No, you can't. Well, we could have saved some of it, but to get forgiveness, you had to spend you had to that, use it. that double <laughs> that uh, two months worth of payroll in eight weeks. Yeah, okay. And that's an awesome model, right? Like bring everybody back. As far as their pay is concerned, they can continue to live their lives because here's this money. For restaurants, that didn't work out because it was just when they were just when the PPP came through is when we needed the least amount of people. Right. Right. So uh, July third is our ending for that coverage. We did also get the SBA loan itself, the economic injury loan. Fantastic. I've had a couple other grants come through. Uh, so financially, we are okay, even if we're not above water yeah. for the next couple of months. That's an, ama an amazing feeling of freedom right hey. now. Hey, yeah, that's that's right. ideal. I mean, you uh, ideal almost, I would say, in, this, in yeah, the yes. current we, climate. <laughs> I have to admit, there have been a couple of times I've walked in the door and, and put my fist to the heaven in glory and said, thank you, COVID-19. <laughs> and that is a terrible, terrible thought to have. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes, it is. But yes, I, I agree with you, but yes. <laughs> so so anyway, so our next round of now, what are we going to do that payroll isn't covered anymore? Uh, what are we going to do now You know, with, with our folks? And I'm going through that same anxiety, and I'm going to have the same meeting with everybody here in a few weeks to say, okay, so now we're going to try to continue to keep everyone on, but we're actually going to make what, what we're making. You're going to earn what, what, uh, based on the business. Yeah. And that's going to be a huge drop. We're still, now we're at 40% yeah. loss of sales. So I cannot pay a chef the amount <coughs> I was paying them because that's more than we're actually bringing in right you now. You know, the firsthand experience that I have with business owners in Seattle around here, like you're saying you have a 40% drop. I've heard multiple as much as 70%. And well, those who had to close completely, right? Not, well, not even. Not even that, but it's uh, like you're, I, I mean, 
it, 40 is not good, right? But at the same time, it's uh, it's just a it's just an interesting thing to say, like why why this and why that. That who knows what the answer is? Like I don't really think that there's an answer, but again, it's just grinding like you've been doing. Like you, this hashtag grinding is everywhere. But like I, you've been, oh, I completely understand what that been, means. I need to apologize grinding. to people for my responses. <laughs> um, grinding, not grinder. Like how incredibly fortunate are we to have oh, on, done the work? Yeah. done the work. <laughs> <laughs> to get this funding to help us through this time. And our guests have told us that they are so impressed with us standing right. up during this. Right? Yeah. Not even, they don't know about the loan money, but they know that we've done everything in this right. room. This neighborhood has come through for us as well. We are so fortunate just to have 40% yeah. loss, right? Like that's incredible in these days. And that's why I wanted to talk to small business owners and, you know, the, uh, in like what it actually takes to be, a business owner it's like it's not all of the, it, sometimes i think that people who aren't that just take it for granted and think that it's the easiest thing in the world to set up a business and to run it and then there's these other people who believe that they demand x amount because just because and that they don't really know what business owners go through I mean, it's um, you don't. And in fact, we're learning that employees don't realize it either. Right. And I am not one to say, <laughs> you want you to come to my house. Show up there at 530 in the morning. You'll see me. up. Yeah. You'll see me start to work. Right. Then yeah. we'll go to the restaurant that night right. and then we'll work the shift. And like they, this is the these things are sort of what will show which employees are. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say the best employees, but I'm going to say the ones that actually want to be there. Yes. Right. Because I've yes. had another I had another um friend who has a small business who's going through all of this and unfortunately his he had to fully shut down and his the his business was shot into and they broke windows and they tried to steal all of his inventory but luckily they didn't but it's still thousands of thousands of dollars worth of damage um but (laughs) he he, uh, he didn't. I hope a joke is coming. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's sort of interesting where he was approved for these uh, payroll protection loans, and he offered. I don't know. He has a team of about like ten or fifteen, and he offered his team to come back, and only a few did, because the other ones were getting unemployment plus the COVID bonus. Right, right. The extra $600 a week. So yes, what I was able to offer my servers is less than what they were making. So kudos to them. Now, I don't fault anyone for any decision they make these days, right? I cannot. I I cannot know your heart and your mind, and I do not pretend to say, here's the right answer. But yes, those that said, yes, we will come back, you know, for that, even though it's less than what we're making now, because that can't last forever. No. And this is going to go on for months and months and months. I mean, it's long term. It's a little, I mean, it's the long term thinking. Right, right. And for an employee who's on hourly to say that, right, for them to say, yes, I will be back because we see you try and we know how we feel about this place. Right. Those are the people you want. Right, right. And we have them. Yeah. And that's, that is just fantastic. A restaurant, 10 people, used to be 10 to 12 people. Uh, Asmar is 16 years. Jenna's 10 years. I'm now seven years. Like for the longest time, I was the newest employee, yeah. even at a three-year tenure. <laughs> so this place has long-term employees. We right. are. We treat each other like family, whether we want to be treated that way or not. And uh, and we've really that. Uh, were it not for that camaraderie that I have with our employees, we would not be open yeah. today. 
would not be. No, yeah. kudos to them. It's a, it just shows how right. good you are as a boss and as a manager, and how not only good, but that you af- you you effectively show that in a, and that your employees are receptive to to seeing it and and saying this guy is looking out and we want to be on his team. That's pretty cool. That is super it's cool. Super and, cool. <coughs> uh, to have that, it's an amazing feeling that to for that to have that that thought come back yeah. at you. Like, uh, one of them said the other day. She, uh, he said, "You know, this could have gone complete. This could have been a complete shit show, <laughs> and you would have, yeah. I would have gone down the tubes with it, and probably you would have turned out. You would have ended up on top at some point later in your life, and I would have still been in the shit show." Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I I don't say things to employees that I don't mean. Right. And so when I say you're important to me. Like, I need you here, not because you're a beating heart that can chop celery. I need you here. You're right. And I'm in it. I, I'm brutally honest, and I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and those well, who care to come with us. I mean, some people might say, oh, he's just saying that. But no, once you know guy, <laughs> that, is a, that is very sincere and not just, uh, n- not just words. It's, it's, it's shown, and it's, uh, it's fantastic that the team gets to see that. Um, so I can just imagine how it's going to be like once it's all done. Oh, my gosh. And um, our heads are going to be so big. It's <laughs> it's going to be really cool. It is. It's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a great new experience that's been reformed because our world is reformed. Mm. Right. And I don't we, want it to be reformed. I just want it to go back. I think it's awesome. That's reforming. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I it's think, actually reformed. I think though. if things can't. If there are things that we cannot fix. Or that can't be changed, that's our universe telling us it shouldn't have been. Like nature lives, right? Nature finds yeah. a way. Ah, Jurassic Park. Nature finds a way. Humans find a way. And those that don't, or if, if we're trying to grind against something that's just not working, you gotta let go. That I told you we get woo woo. <laughs> Did you finish that wine? I no, there's some in the bottle. Is there some? <laughs> All right, let me get. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not smart enough to know when to shut up, and so I will tell you everything I know about something, uh, even if it's bad news for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I don't want bad news. Oh boy, I hold a lot of bad news. We've had enough you. bad news. Um, so if I am gonna have to let you go, like we don't have the ability to support our entire staff once this PPP is over. We've already had that conversation about here's the plan. When that money goes away, I don't have the ability to pay you. Uh, when I, um, uh, sorry, I got lost for a second. Come on, let's leave. So I will have that conversation with you. I will open up QuickBooks and I will say, look at, look at our P and L this month. Look yeah. at our balance sheet. <laughs> this is not me saying you're so valuable, but just not at this moment. And I do wish you the best. Yeah. I will cry. I will sense it in front of you cry and say, look how terrible it is, bro. <laughs> I'm not trying to guilt you, but our, I want our staff to know that we're in this together. I can't believe this has not come up yet. We, the first week that we had, uh, the dining room was closed and we started to go orders. We painted on our huge picture window that faces the street. We painted, we get to carry each other. Yeah. U2's one, the song uh, one by U2. I've always adored that phrase. It's not that we have to carry each other or... I will carry you and you'll get to carry me sometime. It's an honor that we get to carry each other. It's like we get to go to the playground. 
we get to carry yeah. each other. Well, the word, the, the word community is thrown out there so much, but what does that actually mean? Like, I feel a lot of it is just an empty, it's just said in very, uh, it's a thought and prayer. It's a, 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 a platitude mostly, but these are how you see what community is. And I see that all the time when I uh, speak to my friend Trish, who owns our Carol Boxing, mm-hmm. where, and when we have, we have, we've had some pretty um, uh, lively conversations. But ultimately, we both just decide, you know what, all that matters is who is around me and I can take care of them and who I can help. And that's pretty much all I can do. So she like one of her things is like, I just want my community to be here. And I want to know that this gym is for everyone and that if you're cool, you're cool. So it's uh, it, it it would be it would be I think it would be way better if when people use the term community to then reference something in their mm, community mm. that actually means it. Right. Like we have some great, like we're in central, well, we're in Mountain Baker, but sort of central just like, but it's like, there's a lot of places that we can point to, right. Where are, they are community based. So that, that would be like, that would be a great idea to have when people say, you know, when people talk about, what I you know, community to a say. sense of community. Yeah. To, you know, when people talk about this. Mount Baker, it's like that's Amore shows what it's like because they serve the community. Well, I'll tell you what. So we are, we've actually upped our charitable donations and we've upped our game on supporting our community because we feel it. We already have felt it come back at us for yeah. a second time. So we, uh, we, off, we uh, decided to take the Friday off of the Black, uh, Black Lives Matter, pro, uh, excuse me, but the Tuesday. Was it a Tuesday that we did the silent march? I don't know. I can't remember now. No, it was Friday. It was two Fridays ago. There's marches every day. We did. We, uh, we <laughs> painted the window Black Lives Matter. We closed for that night. We did not go to the protest because, again, we're trying not to be in crowds. Yeah. But we stood out in front of the restaurant as the parade went by and just stood there silently. And the window said silent but heard. The following Friday was, uh, uh, last Friday is Juneteenth. We were unable to close again financially, but I could say, you know what? Northwest African American Museum is six blocks away down the hill, and they're going to have this big thing at the park next door to them. So they're clearly helping with this event. Yeah. We're going to help them. So last Friday, at this time when our sales are 40% down, I decided to give 10% of the sales that oh. night to the museum. Then I decided I'm living off tips, and I could live one night without tips. We're automatically doing 20% gratuity on every ticket. So now if I gave 10% and gave my tips, that's 30% of our sales could go to them that night. So I emailed them to say, hey, I want to do this with you. I don't want to somehow overstep my bounds. I also don't want to be some white guy (laughs) saying, hey, if you look up, I live above you, and here's something for you. That would be 90% of I, I, I can feel a white man. Don't trap. get me started on this. <laughs> I won't, because I, I know you, this is where the woohoo pass, bypasses Carlos's acceptance level. Um, anyway, so I emailed I'll them open and up say, another Look, bottle. You know, I want to have a, a graphic and I want to say this. Yeah. Like they weren't going to say, no, don't give us any money, but right. I wanted to hit their sweet spot. She wrote back, she said, oh, yeah, anything over $100, we have a matching thing going on. Hmm. So now 60% of our sales could go to the museum that night. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I just had to not be scared to start with the 10%. Like it's hard for us to give away any money to take 10% off a night. Ouch. Ended up being 60% of our sales, but still only truly giving 10% of the, the restaurant's revenues. Yeah. I, how magical is that? 
how magical. And of course, we've talked since then twice with, with them, and they say, we can't wait till we need a meeting space. We can't wait till we do this. Oh, right. So we get to carry <laughs> them that night, and uh, they get to, and we, that night we could hear the music oh, coming yeah. from there. And they were so loud. We, we got to enjoy like the crowd cheering and all these things. We could hear it in the windows of the restaurant. So that seemed like, wow, they're right there. I was going to fly my drone over there. How to, <laughs> you, you, oh, that's that, good job, Carlos. Yes. Make it look like somebody's surveilling them during Oh, this. I that's have a tiny little drone. <laughs> I have the smallest drone. Um, other ways we're helping with the community is even though we tend to live yeah. in a kind of an affluent neighborhood, people are not working. They're going to lose their jobs. They're going to have to take lower wage jobs. We've lowered all of our prices. We now have several entrees under $20. Uh, we've done things like separate out the prawns from several dishes. So I don't want you to feel like you have to spend $30 to get one dinner for yourself, mm. right, by the time you get a salad. and So now the, the entree itself will be like $17. But if you want the prawns in there, then it's 22 Then if you do a salad, right? Yeah, so we're, so we're, yeah no, that's the, the, we're those are the... We're finding ways to show people <clears throat> that we care about them as much as they tell yeah, us they care Yeah, those about are us. the small things that show that you're truly listening and you think that doesn't go against every business school's teaching? When you're losing money, you don't give more away. Right. Give no, away. you you would you you adjust, and then there may be a time later where things will go back to what they used to be, but that it won't be at the pure expense of of the of your customers. Right. It'll be right. because they've also you know either you know gone back to work or whatever. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> We still have there's guests who show up for their their order, and there's an extra fifty or hundred dollar bill in there. Oh, they say put it, you know, put it in the bank and <laughs> hang on to it. Like, that is fantastic, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Like, what a humbling experience. Yeah, uh, you know, for them to and I, I mean, we're hoping that they see us doing things and they do it, like they're kind of passing it on or whatever. Yeah, but the amount that comes back to us that we don't realize they notice is amazing. Yeah, it just is. That's so much. We have such a community here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, we've been. I've taken up uh, like how long? An yeah, hour and a half. <laughs> oh gosh. What do you have? Anything else that you want to share? Yeah, I'm trying to think of my topics that I built up in preparation for. I this. mean, we we we've. I mean, ba people who listen to this are going to get a really clear picture of the, you know, uh, the, the frustration and the, the 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 how scary it was. So that's what I really wanted to get across. Okay. But then at the same time, I also wanted to get across that. You can't live. You can't run your business that way. You actually you have to do. Cannot stay on that precipice yeah. of of a failure. You just can't. Yeah. Right? So you have to do things, and you have to find things, and you just can't wait for things to to Go be handed to, to you or yeah. to right. to to you know for th that things are going to be easy to do. And I'm I'm really glad that we were able to do that. And I think that it was clearly shown that if you want to be, if you want to stay, first of all, being in business is tough. But if you want to stay in business. It's even tougher. It's a lot tougher. Yeah. And then if you want to stay in business during the most insane time, then that's an exponentially tougher. And I'm, I'm glad that you were here to to share that. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope if someone listen, listening to this thought, oh, it's just not worth trying this, or it's just not, it's just too scary for this, or I'll never get that PPP loan. You already hear about so many people failing. Yeah. You just got to jump. And then, I did not know I had this in me. I really didn't. I'm much more of one to stay in under the covers and uh, <laughs> <laughs> claim that, uh, you know, I'm safer there. Yeah. I'm safer under no, the covers. But I haven't hidden yet during all this. And, no. And, and we have guests tell us that. They're like, we can't imagine how well you've done 
in the community of thinking in this neighborhood when we talk about what to do, they talk about your restaurant. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Boop. That's that's what yeah. that's the that's as perfect as you can get, I think. Considering, I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, tell us your website, your sure. address, yeah, yeah. your telephone number. So the name that's Amore. I inherited it, but it's just like the song. Uh, so our website is that's amoreseattle.com. Uh, follow us on on Instagram and Facebook. It's that's Amore S E A. So the abbreviation for Seattle. We're at fourteen twenty five thirty first Avenue South. Uh, if you're not familiar with our neighborhood, you're going to go right on top of the I ninety tunnel. And we're, we're sitting right above those lanes. Uh, we're open from 4 to 9 every night except Tuesday. Uh, you will receive a helping of charm from me if you call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, phone number is 206-322-3677. I will be the one answering the phone. Uh, and we'll have a great time together. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Guy. Thanks. Thank you so much. Um, I'll have all of his information in the show notes. And then uh, remember to subscribe to the show. Apple uh, Podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And thank you. Adios. Bye, guy. Bye.